When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, and it's a secondary big fight preview episode for you guys. And admittedly, I forgot about this fight, completely forgot about this fight. And I suppose that's down to poor promotion of the fight in particular, because I actually only saw something around social media yesterday, and it's now Thursday that I'm releasing this episode after recording it. And I'm thinking, how have I forgotten about covering this fight for our main Big Fight Preview episode? So I decided to jump on and, and do a short little episode for you guys, just to give my thoughts and feelings around Chris Billum smiths defence of his WBO Cruiserweight Championship against Matthias Masternak. I thought it was only fair, given that I like Chris Billum smith and I've enjoyed his journey so far, it's only fair that we at least cover this and you know you guys are probably gonna say oh you've missed the show you've missed that fight completely this week so just in time I've managed to realize that this fight was actually happening and forgive me for not being able to cover it in the main show but I hope I'm able to give you my thoughts feelings and opinions on this one for this episode Johnston can't be with us because it is a last minute jump on and do the podcast situation I did see if he could get some voice notes over to us, but again, he's also busy with his personal life. So it's just me, guys, in this episode. And I felt like I wanted to do this one because, like I said earlier, I like Chris Billum Smith and I've enjoyed his journey. I've enjoyed him coming back from his loss to React Poor, turning things around, and then achieving a dream that maybe a few years ago wouldn't have become a reality as he beat Lawrence Okolai for the WBO title in his last fight in May of this year. And it was a big moment for him at the Vitality Stadium. What better way to have won that world title in front of your home fans? And he, he just took Lawrence Okolai apart in that fight, didn't he? Like He had him down in the 4th, the 10th and the 11th round and Okolai was deducted a point for holding. It wasn't Akoli's best performance in fact it probably was his worst performance of his career to date and it was Chris Billum Smith's best performance and, and that's how it went down but now he's faced with Masternak who is 47-5 he's been around the block for quite some time you guys will probably remember him from the fight with Tony Bellew a few years back and it gave Tony Bellew a really difficult night ahead of Tony Bellew then going into his big defining night and winning the WBC Cruiserweight title. Before that, he had this big test and he needed that big test against a fighter like Masternak to be able to get ready to go 
and beat Maccabi in, in the way he did and to become a champion. But since that loss to Tony Bellew, he's then come back. He's had a, a few good fights and then lost again to Yuniel Dortikos in a unanimous decision loss. But nevertheless, it was a it was a decent fight as well in 2018. Since that point, he has come back and he has fought and he's won all of his fights since. And he is, you know, he's beat two undefeated fighters in there as well on course to getting himself into the position to fight for the WBO title. So I think he deserves his opportunity. He's going to provide a test for Chris Billum Smith. That's without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, I'm looking at what people are saying about the fight on, on social media and people are talking about how, you know, Chris Billum Smith, uh, you know, he's they're looking ahead. A lot of people are looking ahead to what's next for Billum Smith. But we can't look past this particular fight with Masternap because I think he provides a, a real solid, stern and difficult first defence of his title. I don't think Billum Smith's making life easier for himself. He could have quite easily said, I want to fight with somebody else and had an easier test. I don't think this is a, an easy fight for him in particular. I think he's He's got to overcome a guy who who is a solid, absolutely solid fighter. And, you know, Chris Smith has proven he is a really good puncher. But it's, it's one of those fights where I honestly see it going the distance. And I think Masternak's going to provide some challenges, some adversity. He's going to give Billum Smith something else to think about. But it's the type of defence that he needs. There's no point of him fighting somebody who is going to completely blow away in five, six, seven rounds. He needs somebody solid like this. And whilst he's not shy of going the distance and not shy of getting involved in tough fights, something like this will, will put him in real good stead for going forward in his career. Because, you know, if he wants to win more titles in this division, to face the likes of Jai Opataya, who probably is the best fighter in this division at the moment, you've got to be ready. You've got to have had all the, the tests that you need going into a, a big unification fight with somebody like that. And... Chris Billum Smith, in the space of a couple of years, has put himself ahead of someone like Richard Riakpo, who's beaten him. So Richard Riakpo's being Chris Billum Smith, but yet look at where the careers are at. Taking that risk at an early stage of his career and coming up short has actually led him onto a, a better route. Whereas Riakpo and what's going on with him at the moment, you think to yourself, well, why is Riakpo not in this position yet? Like, is that a fight that's eventually going to happen again? Which, yes, I would like to see that again because I think Poor he needs an opportunity like that. I mean, you've got people like Jordan Thompson, you know, who came off the back of a, of a difficult fight with Jai Opataya. He's going to be wanting to get himself back in there and maybe he will be pushing someone like a Poor or even an Akolai. And we don't really know what's happening with Akolai yet. Is he going to move up to heavyweight, which has been touted for years, or is he going to come back and is he going to target maybe Richard Poor? We mentioned a few months ago about their little scuff at the uh, the Creed 3 premiere. So, you know, there's a bit of needle there. Maybe that would be a fight that Lawrence Okolai can come back into. But nobody really knows at the moment sort of where those guys are going to go. What we do know is that Chris Billum Smith at the moment, he's kind of ahead of those guys now. He's beaten Okolai and he's in a better position than Richard Reactport. You know, BoxRec, if you look at their rankings, and you can't always go off, obviously, their rankings because they do it in a different way, but they have Chris Billum Smith as the third best cruiserweight in the world, pound for pound, and they have Jair Pattaya, number two, and Gilberto Ramirez, surprisingly, is, is number one. He's the best 
cruiserweight, according to them, despite the fact he doesn't hold a title in this division and, and has recently moved up to it. So again, you know, the credibility of looking at those records is a little bit difficult. But I think for me, like when I look at this, I think the opportunities are, are great for Billum Smith. And I don't want to completely look beyond, you know, this this fight, but there are potentials for him. You think of the WBC champion, the newly crowned champion, in Noah McIlan, who beat Macabre in three rounds a few weeks ago. He's now got that WBC title. So there's an opportunity maybe for that unification to happen. There's an opportunity for the Jayopataya fight to happen, which I think he'd be happy to, to fight over here again if it was possible. Or maybe Billum Smith would have to go over to Australia for, for the fight. I don't know, but it's, there are some potential good fights for him. But the focus really here is is making sure he gets past Masternak and he he gets them rounds in again. But he also he gets a guy across the ring from him. Like I said, that is a solid, solid fighter who's going to give him problems throughout the course of the fight. And some might say he could be the type of fighter to to upset the apple cart and, and beat Bill and Smith. Like personally, that's not kind of where I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards with this particular fight. The way I feel about it, I kind of feel it's like a really good first defense for him. I think this is, rather than, I said it before, rather than taking a fight against somebody ranked in the WBO, that's that's relatively unknown. That's, okay, they've got a good record on paper, but what, what sort of challenge are they going to bring? Whereas you've got somebody who you know what you're going to get, and you know that he's a tough opponent, you know that he's a credible opponent. Why not have this fight? And, and I'm happy that he's, he's got this fight, and I don't know if people agree with me i've not really seen a lot of people talking about it hence the fact that i completely mislaid the fact that this fight was even happening but for me i think it's good and i and billam smith i think he's got the ability that the, the way he can press a fight against a fighter and the way you can systematically break a fighter down and the endurance levels and the guy has got a chin he, you know he's taking some big punches and he's overcame that adversity I think he's got a guy in front of him who's, who's who's rock solid, who I can't see Billum Smith shifting him out of there. I can't see there being a knockout in this fight. I think Billum Smith, for me, gets a, a really good, hard-fought, 12-round unanimous decision victory over Masternak. That being said, you can't count Masternak out. He is on a good run. Yes, okay, he's, he's, he's older now. Is he Is he as good as what he once was? Arguably not. But I still think he brings problems to the table. And I still think he's a fighter that could cause an upset. I'm not saying he will, but he could cause an upset. So I do think it's a, a decent defense of his title for Billum Smith. I see Billum Smith winning over the distance. And, and then maybe then that's when he will say, look, these are the fights I want. I think he wants the Jai Opatia fight. I have seen something along them lines from him via a media outlet that he wants these fights. And he wants to fight with the WBC champion. So I don't think he's lo looking past him. I did see something from him yesterday that, you know, he's acknowledging the fact that people are saying what he's going to do next. But he, in his mind, he's not thinking past this particular fight, which is good to see. I'm happy that, you know, he's came out and, and said that rather than, you know, being the sort of fighter that has sort of one eye on what's next. He's, he's focusing on what's in front of him. So I think that's what will make him in good stead for this fight and and why i think he'll win this fight is he's got 100 percent focus on the fight unless there's something that's going to be on the scenes that we don't know of course which normally doesn't happen until the fights are over and that fight has lost the fight 
But as far as I can see, the perception to me is that he's ready for it. He knows what's in front of him. He wants to get past Mastinac and he's fully focused on getting the victory here on Sunday night. So, guys, I think you probably will agree with me that I think Billum Smith wins the fight, but there is a chance, a chance that Mastinac could cause an upset if he imposes his will and bullies Chris Billum Smith and Billum Smith's not able to keep him off. We'll see. But I'm definitely going for a Chris Billum Smith victory here in this fight. And the rest of the card is, it, I wouldn't say it's fantastic, guys. Like, I'll be honest with you, you know mine and Johnston's thoughts on, on fight cards and sometimes they can feel a little poor. And I think this is not a great card in general. Like, the fight itself, I wanted to cover, absolutely. But when I look at the rest of the card, I'm thinking, right, what have we got? We've got Michael McKinson versus Musaya Lawson. Now, Musaya Lawson, on, on paper, he's 11-0 and he's got nine KOs. But the guys he's been fighting are nobodies. Like, they, they, they're not anybody. They, they've not done anything significant in the career. In fact, a lot of them have got losing records. So he's built this record up by fighting in his home country of Ghana. And he's been brought over and he's been matched with Michael McKinson, who, for me... He should be looking at world-level fighters at this stage of his career. Having come off the back of the loss to Virgil Ortiz, you'd be thinking now at this stage of his career that he'd be wanting to take those those big fights. And since he lost to Virgil Ortiz, you know, he's he's had three fights and three wins back. He fought in Bournemouth, he fought in Roma in Italy, and then he fought on Chris Billum Smith card earlier this year. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you don't, need these fights like you need to get better fights you need to be pushing yourself back into world contention like the first fight back after the loss totally understandable build your confidence back get yourself back in to that position where you're like right I'm I'm, I'm ready for this you know but he's had two more fights following that and now he's having a third a fourth fight in fact following his loss to Virgil Ortiz so and again, it's the it's the quality of the opponent that bothers me with this fight. Like, as a fan, I want him as a fighter and his team to be pushing him on in his career. Like, he got an opportunity to fight one of the best fighters out there in Virgil Ortiz. After that loss, he's come back and he's had these fights that are insignificant in his career, and it sort of puts him down the pecking order quite significantly. When really, you'd think not long ago, he was kind of ranked as as one of the top 15, top 20 fighters in the welterweight division. And yet now, he's, he's down the pecking order. And, you know, people might argue that there's, there's fighters in the UK that are in a better position than him in this welterweight division. I mean, look at look at Lewis Crocker, for example. Now, Lewis Crocker's really doing well at the moment. And you've got guys that are around, like Florian Marku, who, you know, even though he's not challenged for a world title like McKinson, some are arguing that, you know, he's in a better position now. And I think that's a fight that has been mentioned before between the two of them. And, uh, you know, there's definitely McKinson versus Conor Ben potentially. It looks like Conor Ben's obviously fighting Chris Eubank in February next year. So that's kind of out of the question. But you'd be thinking now with McKinson, you'd be you'd be wanting to push him forward and, and go for some some more high-profile fights against high-profile fighters. And it, as a fan, it's just frustrating because I want to see if he can give another account of himself and potentially do something. I've got this sort of feeling about him as a fighter that I don't think he'll achieve world glory. And I think a lot of people will agree with me on that, but I do think he's a fighter that can fight at world level. I just don't think he's 
good enough to win a world title. That's just, that's just my opinion. I, I think he's a great boxer, and I'm not discrediting what he can do in the ring. But I just don't feel with the crop of talent that's out there in this division that he's he's going to be able to win that world title. So this fight, again, feels a little bit irrelevant for me as a fan to see him in there. It's great to see him in action and that he's active, but what is this really doing for his career other than that activity? That, that's the question you sort of ask. So he's also on the card. We've got a English super welterweight class, vacant title, Lee Cutler 13-1 and one against Kingsley Abunkai. And then you've got Ben Whitaker also on this card against Steven Leonetti Dredhage, who's 11-2-1. Ben Whitaker in his fifth professional fight. He just looks brilliant so far in his career. And of course, he's always going to look brilliant against guys that are in there to make him look brilliant. Again, he's another fighter like Adam Azim that we've spoken about recently. It's like, how, how long do you leave it before you're stepping up? And ideally, you want to... You probably want to see him fight 10 professional bouts before really getting that significant bout domestically. And if Whitaker continues to do what he's doing at the moment, he's going to quite quickly propel himself up the lighter heavyweight ranks. And I think the lighter heavyweight division domestically is is, is very good. And the same with the cruiserweight. I think domestically, we've, we've got some good fighters on these shores that I think Ben Whitaker will probably be interested in fighting as his career starts to step up. But I think when he's beating fighters with relative ease, that's where you sort of question, you know, do you leave it 10, 12 fights, then move him up? Or do you think, well, he's ready for it? What's the point of holding him back any longer if he's got the skill and ability to to move him on in his career? And I look at the domestic rankings for light heavyweight, and you've got some really good fighters out there who you could potentially get in the ring with. I know Lewis Edmonton's also fighting as well this weekend and you've got some some other great fighters around you've got the likes of Shaquem Pitters, Willie Hutchinson you've got Ezra Taylor, Ricky Summers, Mickey Ellison I mean there's some, some good fights there even John McIntyre I think we've even though he's got eight losses on his record he's, he's a good solid opponent does he start to move up against them sooner guys do you think that's logical for him to do it or does he need to continue to go down this route up to sort of 10 fights in and then move up i know a lot of you guys probably feel the same as us like you want to see these fighters sometimes if they've talented enough to move on then why not move them on so let's just see how he gets on i think it's going to be a stoppage for him i'm being totally honest with you i think he's going to get a stoppage victory over his opponent on sunday night also on the card lauren price returns to the ring against sylvia bartot she is continuing to move forward in her career she is looking to push herself on for a world title i think she won't i don't think it'll be long before she does get that shot at a world title she of course is the first ever british welterweight champion and that is a really good feat and a piece of history already in her career but now it's like what what's next for her what's next in her career that that can push her on to another level when the depths of the divisions are quite slim and there's not a lot of fighters that you can match her with then you start to look at, right, well, maybe we need to be pushing her in with bigger-named fighters in the division. Her opponent, she's fighting. I mean, she's had fights with Michaela Mayer. She's 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 lost to Michaela Mayer. She's, that, that's the most significant name on her record, respectively. And that was in her last fight. That was earlier this year. That was on the Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith card. She... She went the distance with Michaela Mayer. So I think for Lauren Price, if she was able to to get her out of there, maybe it'd be more of a statement. 
that Michaela Mayer couldn't. And given Michaela Mayer's fighting Tessa Jonas now in the welterweight division, I think it's, it's it's interesting. It's interesting how quickly Lauren Price could be moved on if she's able to dispatch of opponents. It's an eight-rounder. If she dispatches of her in within the eight rounds, great. It looks good on her. If she gets a really comprehensive victory, I still think it looks good on her. It was a shutout for Michaela Mayer against Bortot. So if Price does it, that just shows you that, you know, She's probably ready for that step up. And in comparison to her and Whitaker, the depth of the division is is a lot slimmer on the female side. So I think the conversation is different. You want to move them on a little bit quicker because there isn't really much for them to do. The, you know, the, the, the depth and the quality of fighters is, is different, admittedly. So you want to move these fighters on. So I'm looking forward to seeing whether she can get an emphatic victory or whether it'll be a standard points decision over her opponent. And... She's looked quality so far. I think she's got the potential to be a world champion. I'm just interested to see how long it takes them to match her up and push her into world title contention. Also on the card, Francesca Hennessy, 1-0, looking to go 2-0 in her career. She is the daughter of promoter Mick Hennessy and, of course, Michael Hennessy Jr., who has took a little bit of a break from boxing after his fight with Joe Laws a few weeks back. She looks pretty good as well. But again, it's too early to say where her career is going. But she is on this card. And as I mentioned earlier, Louise Edmondson 7-0. You know, there's a potential in the future for Ben Whitaker and Louise Edmondson to fight with him being 7-0 in his career. And obviously Ben Whitaker looking to go 5-0. There's definitely a potential here that these two could fight in a couple of fights down the line. It would be interesting to see if that could get made. That that would be a, probably a, a good a good fight for the pair of them. And it'll be a well-matched fight as well because of where they're at at the career levels at the moment. It just depends how long they decide to last it out for in terms of, of, of marinating the careers of Ben Whitaker and Edmondson. But that's the card, guys. That is the card that you're looking at on Sunday. And it is on Sky Sports in the UK. I'm sure you guys from America, uh, Australia, and everywhere else that listen to us, I'm sure you will be able to pick it up uh, in another way, of course. You guys always manage to be able to get the opportunity to, to, to watch some of these, I believe. I think it's ESPN that have that deal with uh, Box. I can't remember if it's ESPN or... Or another TV network. I'm not not 100% on that. I'm sure you guys could probably point me in the right direction when it comes to that. But that is the main card this weekend. We've got a few other local cards going on. Four Owen one Ebony Jones fights in Portsmouth this coming weekend. Ryan Walsh returns to the ring in Norwich as well. So there's a couple of fighters still fighting over the weekend that we haven't been able to mention in our main show, of course. But that is a pretty much it for, for for this show i just wanted to say the last few minutes of it really again just to hammer home the fact that our legendary night show is back it, it returns on the 11th of december next monday is the first episode i cannot wait for that to go out i cannot wait for you to hear what we've got lined up for you this season some fantastic episodes the first three episodes will be released very shortly and then it will be the christmas break we've got our end of year show and boxing wishlist 2024 to also cover in the meantime as well as sonny edwards and bam rodriguez and the day of reckoning show anthony joshua otto volin and of course joseph parker deontay wilder jarell miller daniel de bride some some great fights on that card to look forward to couple of bits of news that I've picked up in the last couple of days. You might have seen me post it on the BTR social media accounts talking about who's next for Canelo. Maybe looking at 
a fight potentially with Jamal Charlo or Jaime Munguia, who's now fighting John Ryder. There are some interesting fights being made, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what actually occurs over the next couple of weeks. It's also being made that the IBF are saying Richardson Hitchens and Jack Catterall should also be fighting each other with the, the right to fight Sabreo Matias as well. So there is some really interesting fights being lined up. And I've also seen as well uh, Deontay Wilder talking about him wanting to fight the winner of Usyk versus Fury and just sort of completely omitting the fact that this Joshua fight is the one that's being lined up for him. I thought it was quite strange given the sort of landscape of things at the moment and the way they're lining things up for him and Joshua in the future. But I suppose if he's still got that ambition and desire to, to, to become undisputed champion and he's looking at the opportunity to do so, then that's, of course, the, the way to put your name in the hat. But I think he's going to get past Parker first and I don't think that's going to be an easy fight for him. I think he can put him away, but I don't think it's an easy fight for him. And then, of course, if he beats him, then, of course, there's that Joshua fight. Surely that's got to happen before you can even think about fighting the winner of Fury versus Usyk. And again, I've seen people talking about Fury and Usyk. It's not happening February the 17th. That's when it's been scheduled for. A lot of people don't feel confident it's going to happen. Rumours circulating across social media that Tyson Fury's not ready for the fight and that it's going to get postponed even further back. And if it does, then it might not even happen at all because there's some sort of contractual obligation that they both signed up for. And if Fury comes out of that, then he's going to get sued to high heaven. So lots of rumours circulating at the moment with Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. But that is it for this episode, guys. I hope you have enjoyed this little impromptu big fight preview between Chris Bellum smith and Matthias Masternak. If you have please let me know. Drop us a comment on Spotify in the below box. Let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can also find us on TikTok and, of course, on YouTube. Again, Legendary Night starts on the 11th of December. Please make sure you've subscribed to the feed for that and tune in for the first episode. If you're a patron to our BTR Boxing Podcast membership service then you will have already had access to that first episode and the second episode will be being released very shortly for yourselves as well but for everybody else you can find it on the legendary nights podcast feed or if you wish to listen to it on this main feed you can do so it will also be released on there on the same day but that is it for this episode thank you for listening to the big fight preview on the btr boxing podcast network Podcast Network.